if you can learn to manage and understand what and who you're being influenced by, whether that's a voice from your past or someone that you're looking to right now and ask yourself, is that who I want to become? Because if it's not who I want to become, then I need to learn how to manage that voice a little bit differently. Welcome to Let's Be Real, a completely honest, entirely practical conversation about how to live our lives with freedom, purpose, and abundance. Popular author and communicator Nicole Eunice brings her 20 years of experience as a counselor, pastor, and coach to a real conversation about the tricky questions and tough decisions in life, and how to find clarity in action no matter what obstacle you may face. Have a topic to suggest or a tricky situation you need help with? We'd love to hear from you. Send us an email or voice memo to Nicole at NicoleEunice.com where we might feature you on the show. And now here's your host, Nicole Eunice. Hey friends and family, welcome back to the Let's Be Real podcast. My name is Nicole Eunice and I am so grateful to host this conversation, to provide some coaching, some counseling, some support for you. And let me tell you, we do not pull punches here. We are 100% rigorously honest, but with a big dose of encouragement and enthusiasm and comfort and grace for the place that we're in. Because let's face it, life is hard. And if you didn't think life was hard before, it certainly is hard now. And I think we really do all need all the help that we can get. We just need all the help we can get because life can be hard and confusing. It is hard and confusing to know how to parent. It is hard and confusing sometimes to know how to live with joy and fulfillment with your spouse. It's hard and confusing to understand your boss sometimes. These are the realities of life here on earth, but we do have one another. And in that, I think we have tons of encouragement and support and really confidence to move into the best life we can possibly have, which is what we're really about here on Let's Be Real. So I'm really excited to address a reader question today. We're going to do that in just a few minutes. So if you've been wondering particularly about how to handle this environment that we're living in right now, particularly as a parent, we are going to get to that at the end of the show. But before we do that, I want to talk to you about a dynamic, an idea that I think is true that we all live in, but one that at first glance, most of us like to reject and pretend like it's not true. And here is that axiom, if you will. Uh, the, The reality that we are all followers. We are all followers of something or someone. And I think particularly in our American culture, and I know for me personally, I just like to reject that idea immediately. I'm like, no, I'm not a follower. Like I'm my own person and I can make my own decisions. And we see that particularly in this environment that we've been in as we are experiencing a global pandemic, how much all of us want to be our own boss and want to make our own decisions and want to pretend like we are the person who can lead whatever and make our own calls. But in reality, we really are all followers. We're made as social creatures to look outside of ourselves, to define ourselves, to understand where we're going and who we want to become. But oftentimes we do this in sort of like this subterranean part 
of our life. So we're products of our environment. We're products of our relationships and of our hurts and of our hopes. So we grew up in a family where we learned things about values and about communication and about expressing love or not, about conflict and how it's done. But most of the time, and most families don't talk about that stuff really at all. So we're experiencing something and we're living in something, but we don't actually know that it's defining us because it's not explicitly talked about. Yet those are the powerful forces that shape us. We're shaped by generations before us. We're shaped by that family of origin. We're shaped by our own temperament and our own personality, all kind of converging in the environment that we live in. And in the midst of all of that shaping, we're looking outside of ourselves to know who we want to be and who we want to become. You can see this very clearly, like in middle school. Um, I remember particularly when my oldest child was uh, in middle school, and it was the it was the boon of the Nike sock. There was like a Nike sock that has a stripe up the back. It was a crew sock, like that you pull up, and it had a colored stripe in the back. And you could actually watch the spread of this trend, like across middle school playgrounds everywhere. Where all of a sudden, and I was traveling, so I would be like with other people in different places, and I'm like, "What is going on? Like, how did this?" trend even happen and everyone's doing it because we're looking outside of ourselves to follow who we want to become and particularly for these middle school boys looking to NBA players and that's how that trend started Nike sent those socks to NBA players and they began wearing them and then everyone began wearing them because we're all followers we're following someone or something we're following a past we're following a future we may be living out of a reaction to something that we've experienced so in a lot of ways we're we're, we're actually moving away from something, but we're still following because we're not living in freedom. We're not living in, in individuality. We really are all followers. Last winter, we had a chance to go skiing just even really a few months ago. And for the first time, Dave, my husband and I, we took our friends, uh, kids' friends with us. So usually we travel with another family, but this time we were traveling with them and these kids. And our kids are of the age now where they can be more independent and kind of do their own thing. But it was complicated by being on a ski slope because there wasn't really cell service there. So we couldn't really stay in communication, but we were trying to connect and make sure that we got to the same place at the same time. And the ski slope was one where you could take multiple routes and not like return to the same place necessarily. So you'd have to chart your route and timing in order to reconnect. And I was thinking when we were skiing about how complicated it is to actually follow someone, that it takes real effort and focus to follow. Like I remember looking down the slope and, you know, I'm thinking I birthed these children and I'm not positive who they are. I'm like, I think he's wearing a green jacket. I've got to like keep going after the green jacket. It's it's hard to follow people and it's easy to lose them. And yet we're all kind of following something. And a lot of times we just don't even know what we're following. If you are a believer in Christ, then you know that Jesus said, by this, all men will know you're my disciples. If you love one another, he calls us to follow the way that he lives. Like we are supposed to follow that life, the life of Jesus. And so if we're all followers, if you just want to hold that, you may say, no, I don't agree. Um, that's okay. Let me try to see if I can help you understand where I'm coming from. If we're all followers, then we need to know what we're following. If it's true that we're all following something, we certainly need to know 
what we're following. And I think that as followers, we fall into four camps of how engaged we are with who we're becoming and what's shaping who we're becoming. Okay. So the first camp is the followers that I know who are actively engaged, which means I know what I'm following and I know who I'm trying to become. So I know both who I'm modeling my life off of and who I want to become and how that's happening. Okay. So those people in that group of of that minority of people who are followers know that that's what they're trying to do. And whether you're following Jesus or you're following a certain celebrity or a lifestyle expert, they're, these people are unabashed fans. Like they just know that they're following something and they really want to become like that person. I can think of times in my life, particularly I talked last episode about writing books, when I would look to an author and be like, okay, how can I become like this person? Like, what's their process? How do they write? Where do they publish? Who's their agent? Who do they hang around with? Like, who do they read? Like, I wanted to become more like that author. So I wanted to take on the lifestyle of that author in the hopes that I could become more like them. When we are in that camp, we know who I'm following and who I want to become. Okay, so there's a second group, and I think that there's a lot of us in this camp, and this is passively engaged. So the first group was actively engaged. The second group is passively engaged. Passively engaged means I don't know who I'm following, but I'm impacted by who I'm following. And you may have seen this, especially as a parent or when you think back to your own high school years. Like, do you remember that moment in high school or college or wherever where you found that you were sort of morphing to become more like the friends you were around, even if you didn't agree with what those friends were doing? I remember particularly having a group of friends my senior year. I just moved to a new school, which was hard enough. And I was trying to find my way with some friends. And I remember I was out with some people and they like, I can't remember if they were hitting mailboxes with bats or like, I don't know, there was some sort of damage to property going on. And in my right mind, like in my own self, that would not be behavior I would ever be a part of. But like, they made it seem so fun, <laughs> so random, so fun and so normal. And I was like coming into their world, like I was new and I was coming into their world. And somehow like it just didn't seem that weird to me, even though I look back on it, I'm like, no, that's really weird. Like you really don't want to like hit people's garbage cans or mailboxes with baseball bats like that is vandalism and it's a crime. So but I remember like not really feeling that way. It was like I I wasn't engaged with who I was following and but I was impacted by who I was following in, in such subtle ways that I didn't even realize it. This is why as parents, we care so much about who our kids' friends are because we know that you're sort of a sum of the people that you're around. You're just kind of an aggregate of the people that are surrounding you. But many of us are in this camp where we are passively engaged. We don't know that we're following, but we actually are. And if you want to think about that for yourself, you might want to start thinking, well, what are the influences in my life, both good and bad, that maybe I'm kind of looking to for the life that I'm supposed to live? As grown-ups, as we, we move through adult development, we're going to have seasons where we return to this again and again, which is particularly a reason why grief can be so hard when we have loss. Because not only, let's say we lost a parent at a young age, we lost that parent 
parent at a young age, but we also lost the ability to be reminded about that parent at different seasons of our maturity into adulthood. So we lost the ability for that parent to walk us down the aisle. We lost the ability for that parent to encourage us as we became parents. And and every time we get to that moment, we're grieved again. We know then how deeply we are impacted by those who we follow. Um, so passively engaged, if you're in that camp, you just want to be open to your awareness of like, what are the influences around me that are shaping who I'm becoming? And do I want to be becoming that person? Okay, so the third group is actively disengaged. So I know what I'm doing with my life and I'm living it based on who I don't want to be. So I'm I'm actually living my life as a reaction to what I've seen. Now this one is subtle because it feels different. It feels like it's um, better, but in a lot of ways you're still a follower because if you're actively disengaged, you're living your life based on who you don't want to be, you're still not self-defined. You're still not moving into the full of who you could be because you're still trying to like not be like your dad or not be like your mom. And that's kind of how you're defining your life. You see this a lot. Also, when people go through a really hard relationship status or situation and they're like, I don't know who I'm marrying, but it's not going to be a person like that. Well, okay, that's a good start, but you're still defining your leader. You're you're defining yourself based on something that you're actively not following, if that makes sense. So instead of running in your own direction, you're running in the opposite direction. So you're still confined by that scenario that you've been in. Now, that is a usual pendulum swing that will often happen when we begin to realize that we want to be different. We'll push away from everything we've known and we're like, I don't know who I'm becoming, but I'm not becoming like her. Or I don't know who I'm becoming. Coming, but I'm not becoming like him. That's a start, but you never, you don't want to stay over there because you're still living your life in this reactionary way where you're defined as much by that person that you used to follow as by the way that you're choosing not to follow them. You're not finding a third way. We want to find that third way when we're actively engaged in I know who I'm following and I know who I want to be. Passively disengaged is our final group, and this is a dangerous one. Uh, this is, I'm unintentionally living my life based on who I don't want to be. Like, I don't know that I'm doing what I'm doing. Like, I am not aware that I am trying to not become my dad. I am not aware that I am letting those places or those relationships in my life continue to define me. I'm not aware that I'm still trying to prove myself to my high school friends, even though I'm now 50. Like, so that is also a place that we don't want to live for long. We want to move out of that. And if you if you have those breaches in your life, which honestly, most of us have those kind of wounding somewhere in our life where we've been deeply disappointed, deeply betrayed, deeply hurt by someone. And that is a place where you will be tempted to define your life in opposition to that moment rather than actually healing from the moment. And what we're seeking is healing from the moment. So if we can bring some of that subterranean sort of stuff up and over to the top where we can see it. When we can see it, we can deal with it. Um, I just finished watching A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood, the Mr. Rogers movie. Oh, it's so good. And at one point he said, um, just a beautiful line. He said, everything human is um, mentionable and everything mentionable is manageable. And that means that every human experience we have, deep places of loss, betrayal, confusion, all of those things are mentionable because they're human. 
and we're all humans together. And if it's mentionable, it can become manageable. So what we want to do is we want to take the unmentionables and pull them up into the mentionable area. We want to start paying attention and drawing awareness to the influences in our life that are impacting who we are becoming. The good life is going to be when you are actively aligned with who you want to become. So your inner world is aligned with what you're doing and following in your outer world. Now, a lot of people will say that you can find all of this stuff within yourself. Um, And I do believe we need to be in tune with our inner world, but we also want to be engaged with the influences in our outer world because we're made to be interdependent. We're made to be connected both inside of us and outside of us. So we want to first know, am I an active follower? Do I know who I'm following and why? Or am I a passive follower? Am I not actually aware of what's impacting me? And maybe I'll start to pay attention to the streams that are coming into my world this week, particularly in a time that is full of just bad news. How am I managing those streams and how are they impacting me? Who am I allowing to shape who I'm becoming? And is that the person that I want to become? Is the person that I'm following or the ideology I'm following or the thinking that I'm following, is it shaping me into becoming who I want to become? And sometimes we have to realize that we've got to turn some of those channels off, uh, the inner channels, our mind channels, as well as like outer channels. I was talking with a client recently who said, you know, I knew after a bad breakup, I had to stop listening to sad, bad breakup country songs. Like it was not a season to listen to bad, sad country songs. And I thought that's very courageous of you. It's courageous to realize that we have weaknesses and that we have places that we need to turn off for a while because we're not able to manage what it's drawing us into because it's not leading us to who we want to become. So as an adult, if you can learn to manage and understand what and who you're being influenced by, whether that's a voice from your past or someone that you're looking to right now and ask yourself, is that who I want to become? Because if it's not who I want to become, then I need to learn how to manage that voice a little bit differently. Make sense? Four kinds of followers. All right. So I have a reader question that I want to turn to now, if that's okay with you guys. And if you have a question for the podcast, sticky situation, tough decision, something you're trying to work through, share it. You know, I'm very happy to change the details of your story if that would help you. Um, But if you have a story or a question that you want to share, we would love to hear from you and um, just kind of get coached on it together. So here is a reader question from Betsy in Ohio. She says, Hey, Nicole, thanks so much for the podcast. I do have a question for you as I know you're a mom too and can relate. I deal with anxiety and I feel like I'm passing it on to my kids, especially in this crazy time. Don't we? Don't we all? They are asking me lots of questions about the coronavirus and about death and it's literally taking me over the edge. I am struggling to not be over the top about germs and hand washing, but I just don't know how to be normal in this season. How do I talk to my kids about the coronavirus and not pass on my fear? Betsy, anybody else relate to that? I mean, I love how do I, I just don't know how to be normal in this season. None of us know how to be normal in this season. This is not a season of normalcy. So um, totally understand, Betsy, thank you for asking your question. And truly, I think it is a question on all of our minds. Like if I'm feeling anxious or anxiety, or if, if you're a person who struggles with anxiety, and now we're living in just real fear, how do I do that and not pass that on 
and in the way that I'm loving my family and leading my kids. So first it matters, Betsy, didn't, you didn't tell me the ages of your kids, but I think we, we definitely want to address our kids in age appropriate ways. And there's an age really probably up to about age 10 to 11, where one of the things you can do is make sure you're controlling the information that your kids are receiving and seeing. And I know it's hard in this season to not just like be on TV or on your computer or like searching out information like nonstop. And but those children are very attuned, not only to their parents' emotions, but also to the environment that they're in. And a lot of times we think, oh, my kid's playing an iPad or my kid's whatever. They're not They're not hearing what's happening, but they are hearing. They are hearing it. They're hearing you with it. So the more that you can continue like semblance of normalcy for children under the age of 10 um, and control the, the, the narrative that you're sharing with them, the better it's going to be. They're, of course, they're going to hear things but you can address those things as they come. But if you're just letting a constant influx of information, whether radio, podcasts, come into your home and you're not managing it as what an eight-year-old's ears are hearing, you're setting yourself up for them to have even more fear and you're not controlling the narrative for them. So um, one of the things that I'm so, I take such great comfort in is history. And we are a country who has dealt with resilience with big issues like this, the Spanish flu of 1918, World War II, we were still living with a generation of people who know what it feels like to survive really hard times. So we're not like alone. It may be unprecedented for us right now, but it's not unprecedented for the world. And in fact, if you are a follower of Christ, you know that there is great comfort in scripture about hard times and that God is often speaking to his people into hard times. Um, and so if we think that we're a people who's going to escape that, no, we need to become uh, people and parents who can lead our children even through hard times. So the first thing I would say to Betsy is dealing with your own anxiety is important. And you also, I don't know if uh, Betsy, you're married or not, but if you're married and your spouse is more measured, which we tend to be attracted to someone the opposite of us, I would really encourage you to lean into your husband right now or your partner, um, really sharing your fears, airing your fears, make sure, just like we said, Mr. Rogers, anything human is mentionable. Anything mentionable is manageable. When you actually say what you're scared of, it loses a little bit of its bite. It loses a little bit of its power. And actually, when you take what's inside of you and you bring it outside of you, you're able to see it a little bit differently. And you may find that, yes, you have some real rational fears, but there's also some irrational fears kind of mixed in there. And when you bring them up and out, you're able to deal with them in the light. You don't want to deal with them in the darkness. And the darkness is a place where we don't actually allow ourselves to express how we're feeling. So you want to do that with a safe, in a safe place with a safe person um, who can manage and handle that. And that's not your child. So you don't want to do that with your children. You want to do that separate from your children so that you can make sure that you understand your real and perceived fears, that they're two different things. So we are in a fearful time. Like there's a reason to be scared and it is not necessarily bad to act out of real fear for the safety and well-being of other people. And you can actually teach your children that. You can say, you know what? This is a serious time because there is a serious 
sickness and we want to do everything we can to keep the people around us safe and healthy that's okay um we've we've sort of like lost the element of the fact that so much of early children's literature and old fairy tales have so much danger in them and darkness and evil and that's a way to understand the world like to to engage with the fact that it it isn't always wonderful and easy and we want to tell our children and reassure them that we ourselves are not sick that we um, are healthy and that they're going to be healthy and we can let them air their concerns and realize that they are going to be anxious because there's a reason to be anxious Um, but where do we find our hope where do we find our grounding? Um, this is a time where many people are re- reevaluating their beliefs because we need belief for our children that goes beyond um, mommy's going to keep you safe and daddy's going to keep you safe because that's it's not always true. And we want to find the truth and the truth of heaven, the truth of life beyond the earth. We have to do a, a lot of work. All of us are being asked to step it up, step it up as human beings, step it up as parents. This is a time where we are stepping up. So Betsy, when you ask the question specifically, how do I talk to my kids about the coronavirus? Again, age appropriate. Over the age of 10, they're probably 11, they're probably experiencing media for themselves. And the more you can be present and engaged with their questions and with their fears and allow them to state them, including including not believing it. Um, I think we need to recognize as well that our kids have a very different worldview and a very different understanding of things. So they might be like, why do I have to stay home? And you may find that their self-centeredness is frustrating to you, but realize that that's a chance to disciple your children as well. That's a chance to lead your children as well. You want to meet them where they are. So if they're in a place where they're like, this is dumb and stupid, I don't believe it and whatever, or I can't believe that, you know, or they're grieving their own losses, anything that they're dealing with, you want to meet them where they are. Um, And the only way you're going to be able to do that is if you're making sure that you have a safe place to express your own fears. So you're not taking all of that um, and piling that into this conversation with your children, if that makes sense. So Betsy, I hope that helps you at least have a place to start. Um, How do you not get over the top about germs and hand washing? Again, having an outlet for your own fears, making sure that you're coping well in ways that help you doing things that are healthy for you. That might mean that you also need to turn off the news, that you also need to watch what's coming into your life. Like we said, we're all followers. We're all following something. So you want to follow in a way that actually is life-giving for you, following the the what we know to be true about our mind, body, and spirit, about moving our bodies around, about not filling ourselves with fearful or fear-based TV programming or news, especially right before bed, making sure that we are connected in relationship and actually looking outside of ourselves because when we're serving and giving, there's something happening in our mind that actually promotes well-being. So we need some of those coping mechanisms in this time. So Betsy, make sure you're pursuing those coping mechanisms as well. And then reaching your children in age-appropriate ways, and we'll drop some um, info in the show notes to help with that as well. Okay, you guys, that is the end of our time for this week. I've loved being with you. I'm so glad that we have this opportunity. If you have questions, reach out to us. If you like this podcast, please pass it along to a friend. Subscribe, rate, five stars only, please. Thank you. Just kidding. (laughs) Whatever you want to share, I'd love for you to share it, and so glad to be in this family together talk with you next week. Thanks for tuning in to Let's Be Real with Nicole Eunice. We'd love to hear from you. Have a topic to suggest or a tricky situation you need help with? Send us an email or a voice memo to Nicole at NicoleEunice.com and we may feature you on the show. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss an episode.